Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. Where we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 270, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are here live and living Culligan funky like a monkey, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited about tonight's show. Uh, you know what's so funny about this show, man? I, it's 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 live and, and pancakes and power slams. Two hundred and seventy episodes. We promise to give you the the best weekly interviews and and the best content, the headlines and everything. And we have sponsors and advertisers and all all the good stuff that a podcaster can have. And of course, there's hiccups in the way. Uh, there was a, a scheduled um, interview for tonight, but uh, there was some, some last-minute decision-making, some last-minute errors, some last-minute changes. Uh, but, you know, it, it's good to, to, to have uh, good relationships and connections and, and just people who are willing to step in and really help out. So I wanted to, before I bring this person on tonight, I just really wanted to thank uh, this person for really coming in at the 11th hour. I mean, I called him at like 8.30, 
and said, hey, I had a last-minute uh, cancellation, and uh, can you step in? And he, without hesitation, uh, said he could step in. Uh, so I just want to give this person major, major kudos uh, for for interviewing, for being interviewed on the show tonight. Uh, so, you know, it's funny because an even greater debt of gratitude goes to this person. Uh, so I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, he's excited as well. We talked off air about some things and he's got some awesome events coming up. And so I once again want to give a special, special thank you to this person for stepping in for tonight. Uh, it was just very chaotic and trying to uh, get another interview, you know, two hours before the show started, uh, two and a half hours before the show started. Uh, but, it, you know, just it, he took some time out of his busy schedule that he'll explain to you here in a moment uh, to come on the show live. And I, I'm just very, very honored and privileged to have former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, UFC World Heavyweight Champion, the one, the only, Dan the Beast. Severin, how are you tonight, sir? Well, I'm doing great there, Chris. Uh, it's it's a little past the Beast's bedside, but hey, you know, that's what they make coffee for. Hey, the Beast can never be tamed, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and stepping in at the, at the at the last minute, man, I, we talked a little off air. Yeah, I uh, think this will be the first time that we've ever done an interview together, and I, I kind of always look forward to uh, you know, the, the chance to talk with uh, new individuals and to yes. you know, share some of my stories and some of my insight. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of, the, one of the things, there's a lot of things in your story career that is very noteworthy. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about, I mean, I've heard previous interviews and you've talked to uh, other people about different things. Uh, one of the things that I'm really uh, I'm really curious about is I know that you uh, had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship for an insane amount of time. Now, with this new NWA acquisition by uh, Billy Corgan, uh, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? And second of all, what why was there such a kind of a, a, a dull period? And NWA for a while because you kind of you held the title and you and the promotion ran idle for a while. Am I correct on that? Um, yeah, I mean, there's uh, yeah, just if you want to go back just a little bit, I'll give you a little bit more history about it. When the idea uh, came about to put the strap on me in the first place, it came from a gentleman uh, from New Jersey, a promoter of New Jersey by the name of Dennis Caruso. Mm-hmm. At that time, the NWA was almost extinct, meaning that there were only three promoters left in the world. Mm. And Dennis was one, was one of them. And he talked to the other two gentlemen, and uh, he had the idea, and uh, that's how it kind of came, came about. And uh, yeah, I, I even carried the belt was even was even carried out at the Oakland Fighting Championships UFC number five. Number four was my very first uh, first one there, and and, uh, and uh, the belt came on me. That was actually I always tell people my very first belt I ever won in my in my life was the NWA belt from Chris Candido, hmm. and then uh, the belt was carried out to UFC number five, and the UFC officials at the time were really up in arms because they did not want to have any association whatsoever with professionals because they wanted everyone to know that hey, what we're doing is the real deal. 
So, but yeah, I talked to him about the, the history and then the, some of the, the the men that had held this belt in the past, and uh, basically <laughs> who, who I am, it, and uh, and uh, basically you know they, they allowed to happen, but it really did give a great deal of exposure, and you know like I said, to hold a belt for as long as I did. Um, you know, that's 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 unheard of in today's yeah. today's time. Uh, but at the same token there, there's other people, you know, such as like a Lou says, they have they held that they built for even a lot longer uh, yeah. time frame. I think uh, as it stands right now, I think I mean these are the top four, top five all time holders of the NBA belt and I mean that's a very, very prestigious group of men that yeah, I'm very honored to be uh, be amongst of it. But uh you know, the NWA, um, you know, what it's doing, you know, to kind of get me back to your, your more modern-day uh, type of questions, I just hope, you know, what happens, it's it's good of the NWA. That's what I'm really hoping for, that, that it brings back some of the more stellar uh, history and, and uh, you know, just some of the, uh, just hopefully some, some old-school type of values and things of nature. Make, make that belt prestigious once again. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and you were you held it for over 4 years and a very very impressive run and definitely one of the top uh the most lengthy uh, single reigns of all time. Of course, you had like a Dory Funk Jr. back in the 60s, I believe, and um I think he I think he was one of the longest reigning uh champions of all time as far as uh as far as NWA and I know Luthe has had it for an insane amount of time as well <laughs> in the 40s. Yeah, uh, I, was, I think Lou had it for like close to a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think, I think he's up there, and I know you're up there. So yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, just the, the the length of the reign is just really unheard of, uh, as far as just uh, especially. Uh, you know the the nineties the, the early nineties was a good time it was eighties and, and and early nineties especially the eighties um and, and really seventies as well but the backlands the san martinos the hogans you know they're they're known for their lengthy reigns in the seventies and eighties uh but yeah the nine the mid nineties you know you're going into just a, a different just a different time in wrestling. And have a, a no, so, four well, years. totally all together. I mean, uh, I was yeah. part of WWF's uh, um, you know, Attitude Era you know, as well, and uh, you know, just just a lot of things. You know, it, you know I've, had, I've had a rather interesting, interesting career, and I always tell people it's some of the things that I never thought would ever I would ever do. I mean, the right part was I was into professional wrestling, kind of. My, probably my strongest suit was around that high years of age. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple, I have one older brother and a couple younger brothers, and you know, we used to watch, you know, Sunday afternoon, big time wrestling. You know, that was uh, the, the Sheik outfit, so you always see the, the Sheik at Mobile Brazil and Fly uh, Fly Flurry uh, uh, and Larry Shane, and you know, the, the people like this, and you know, sort of grab your, your brother and do, uh, you know, power slam them onto the couch was like a natural oh, yeah. thing to do. <laughs> yeah, some power slams and elbow drops. Yeah, so um, with the, with the NWA acquisition, and just just you said there were only three promoters. Promoters, that's very interesting. As much as I know about wrestling, I didn't know it only went down to three promoters. 
Now, do you think yeah, yeah. that at, 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 the, at, at the time that the uh, the belt was put on me, there was only three that was left, and, and wow. I could say Dennis was one. There was one guy that was in a, a, only one that was actually in a different country, and two inside the United States. So wow. basically, they all they basically agreed to, to, to do it, and then by the time I uh, turned the strap over, you know, after, you know, after four years, um, there were. Oh, gosh, I think uh, how many different countries came on board? How many uh, just just aside the state, the United States alone? I think there were just over forty some uh, mm. promoters that were with the NWA once once again. Because I mean, I was traveling all over the place. You know, between what I was doing in my my cage fighting career, what I was doing with my professional wrestling career, even you know, I was never exclusive to anybody. Even when I was working for the WWF, you know, now known as WWE. I was not exclusive to them. You mm-hmm. know, as far as I know, I, I think I'm the only professional ever to be non-exclusive. So I could work for them, and then next week I'd be working for, you know, an NWA or a professional company, and then whatever, whoever else wanted to book me on top of that. But then I, I am at the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So, or mm. even then, I was, I was not... Uh, uh, I was not uh, solidified to, to uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championships. I mean, it, it, it was uh, so I I could work for anybody in, in the fight world. So I I made all my own my own deals with all the various promoters and promotions. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you think that the NWA promotion uh, dwindled down so quickly? Do you think it had something to do with Shane Douglas's when he won the championship and threw it down and kind of the advent of extreme championship wrestling? Do you think that promoters pulled out after that? Or do you think it was just kind of inev- inevitable? Um, yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you um, because I really was not, uh, I, I was not that informed as to what was happening with the FWA, uh, you know, yeah. why they dwindled down the way that they did. So uh, I, I thought that they did a lot more of my research and stuff like this after I had to strap on more and more people. It seemed like they were coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. And educated me uh, a lot of uh, a lot of wrestlers, but then uh, a lot of other historians, professionals, and historians were, were educating me more and more and more all the time, and it, and it kept thinking you know, more and more prestigiously. I looked upon uh, this belt. You know, I always tell people that that I paused a moment because I actually was, I was reaching over to grab. I have this book uh, that uh, was written by Carl Stern. I'm just going to see if, if there's an actual date out to it. But this is it's the uh, Ultimate Professional Wrestling Book uh, List. And it, it uh, for example, I see it got a couple of markers. NWA World Heavyweight Champions ranked by total number of days as champion. And, uh, you know, yep, I, I, did, I made the top five with uh, Dory Funk Jr. ahead of me, Harley Race, Ric Flair, and, and number one person, Lutez. Mm. So wow. a really prestigious uh, group there to be, uh, be, be with. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very much. So you, spent, you were talking about the WWE. You spent a couple of years there. Uh, who scouted you? Who was interested in you? Who gave you the call? As far as coming to the WWE, and what was the what was the creation behind that? Because I know that Ken Shamrock, you know, was another big UFC star there around that time, and you feuded with Ken Shamrock. Did you come in for the sake of Shamrock? What was the 
what was the really the, the mastermind? Who was the mastermind behind that? And what was the overall uh, plan, you know, to bring you in? Well, I, I don't know who had the, the mastermind plan in the first place, but I simply know that uh, they were in contact with both Ken and I just about the exact same time. Um, mm-hmm. Always I say that because you know, when Ken went in, I went in almost one year later only because of negotiations. You know, basically, you know, the WWE did not know how old I was. Mm. Uh, and uh, and I did not want to be exclusive. Because the whole thing is that I simply knew that, you know, they, they were just looking at, at, at basically a couple couple years of contract and possibly be, being renewed. I kept thinking, there's no way I'm going to put all my eggs into one basket and then at the, in the conclusion of two years have to restart over everything else I have going on. And so I ended up doing most of my conversations were with Jim Ross. And, you know, that, that didn't take really all that long after my conversation with Jim Ross that, uh, you know, we finally came to an agreement. And so here I went, went finally in the office back in Connecticut, and contracts are signed, and you know everyone's slapping each other on the back, shakes are, you know, hands are being shaken, and uh, you know people laughing the whole You know through part of the conversation, I think there's some different type of, uh, I'll say, dates type of things that were being thrown around, and then all of a sudden out of, out of the blue, Vince like, well, he's like, well, just how old are you? And then I told him, I think I think I was 48 at the time, and. Uh, he, he like turns turns to Jim Ross and goes he goes well who's our oldest rookie ever been and Jim Ross didn't even hesitate point straight at, at me he goes well damn this <laughs> but yeah I did not look my age nor did I act my age yeah I, I just I I defied because I've, I've had a very interesting career in other lots of aspects that I did things at a young age that most will never do so I defied the barriers at a young age. Doing like, for example, uh, just out of uh, out of high school, I I graduated my senior year in '76. So 18 years of age, I go to my very first Olympic trials in 1976. And uh, the real irony to it all, I mean, I, you know, I've I've kind of blown away uh, for the fact that there are men there that that I have read their books. Mm-hmm. I've been to their wrestling camps, their clinics, and now I'm actually on the mats wrestling against it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, that that was, and I made it to the top six in the country. So I, I defied odds that I was actually brought right into the Olympic camp because I, I was so young, they're like, well, gosh, we, we definitely want to bring this young man in because look at all the potential that he possesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, uh, that was great. But then, you know, let's fast forward it. Almost, uh, you know, that's by 1976. By 1996, I'm the number one cage fighter in the, in the world. You know, there's there's a there's a 20 year span. I mean, what's the guy been doing? Just eat, eating cookies and drinking milk? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very 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 impressive 20 year run. Um, and I'm, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I just tell people because I, I go time tables. So I, 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 I tell people that what I did from '72 to '76 in my high school, um, nobody, nobody has yet repeated yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was a three-time All-American. 
two-time state champion. Uh, but in the process of my four years of wrestling as an amateur wrestler, I sat and held eight national records simultaneously, which is still a national record to this day. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. on top of winning the freestyle national title, Greco Roman national title, but as a as an amateur wrestling, and then you know, go from from mm-hmm. there to uh, you know wrestling in college, and then going into from there to uh, you know, when an opportunity comes afterwards, by 1992, you know, a new rule comes down from the United States Olympic Committee that, that allows athletes to be both amateur and professional simultaneously. So I uh, I was well, well uh, past my college eligibility so I could have my cake and eat it too. I did not want to lose my amateur status. Cause like, like now, I can still go in and try making like a national team or world team or, or Olympic team now if I still really want to. The, the, the thing that's against me is father time. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, and you, like you mentioned, you were 48 going into the WWE. Um, was it, you had a two year run there. It was, it was a decent run. What was your overall thoughts of your run in, in WWE and, and just your overall relationship with uh, Vince McMahon and uh, what really led to you walking away? Well, I mean, uh, in the beginning, I'll say I was used properly. But then I think the realization, and I don't know who came up with the realization, but they sure never spoke to me about it, but the realization that they did not have any control mechanisms over me. Mm. They could not, you know, they couldn't really hold anything against me and because I was basically a free agent. I could work for anybody and everybody including WCW and ECW, because they both existed at that time. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, they never really knew me or the type of person I am. I mean, I, Chris, do you bite the hand that feeds you? I mean, when we think about it, are you going to are you going to bite the hand that, that basically is financially securing you? Where else can you make this kind of money? Right. Except for the professional wrestling world, but at the same token, I'll go off on to another another aspect of professional wrestling. Is there another company that you are aware of in the world that, if you have a problem, an addiction, um, that that company is willing to, at their expense, send you off? clean you back up, and then bring you back and rehire you again. Is there a, another company that you can think of off the top of your head? No, no. Exactly. Me, me neither. I pose it's the only in the wacky world of professionals, and not on just one occasion. There are some individuals that have spent two, three, or more occasions. Oh, yeah. Now, <laughs> to me, that's throwing good money after bad. There's, you know, stupidity... Yeah, just yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. That's so, what exactly caused you to going. walk away? What, what, what was it? Well, was it a uh, You know, they, they brought they brought both Ken and I on at, at the same time, but uh, you know, to me, it's like you know, I was being used really well and really strong in the beginning, and then uh, you know, I think that realization that they did not have the uh, any type of uh, control mechanisms over me. So I, I don't think they knew how to use me. 
But at the same token, mm-hmm. they never brought me in. But at the same token, you know, this, this world of professional wrestling was new to me as well. Uh, maybe I should have, uh, maybe I should have been a little bit more vocal or, or mm-hmm. you know, express my own opinion in the process. But I mean, they've got an entire creative team. You know, got, got half a dozen or more people that are on that creative team that are coming up with ideas and stuff like this. You would have thought that they could come up, but the fact that you know they're afraid to put a belt on me because, well, gosh, if we put a belt on him, who's to say that you know Dan Severn's going to be over wrestling in WCW? And, mm. and now he's going to let uh, you know some goofball character in WCW, you know, just you know, uh, pin him in no time at all, and what's that going to do to our our title belt here or something like that? But it's, mm. it's okay. did they ever speak to me? No. Yeah, when I oh, travel, wow. there's I I have four belts, four of the most prestigious belts in the world: three from the Ultimate, three from the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And the end of the belt, all four of those belts are always proudly displayed. And people, they come up there, they recognize the end of the belt. Excuse me, they recognize the UFC belts, but then when they say, well, end wrestling, they're like, well, what, what is end wrestling? I go into a professional organization, much like WWE or TNA, and, uh, and they're like, oh, you mean the fake stuff? I go, well, I said, well, don't, don't say fake. I said, you obviously you recognize these three belts back to oh yeah, UFC. Oh love that stuff, love that stuff. And I go, I said, why is it that I've been hurt far worse in my professional wrestling career than in my entire cage fighting career? And they're like, mm-hmm. Really? And and that's actually that's a truthful statement. But then again, that's because you have a lot of professional wrestlers that are very poorly trained or the fact that they have ceased they're traded because they think that they're just good enough to go out there and continue just to work matches without ever going back and continuing to hone their skills. Yeah. Wow. So. Very interesting that you were hurt more in wrestling than you were in, in, in uh, cage fighting. But it makes sense, though, too, because a lot of times in wrestling, uh, you put your whole body, you, you entrust your whole body in someone's hands. As opposed to oh yeah, so fighting, you know, the, yeah, the high flyers. When you think about the high flyers, uh, I, I refer to those as leaps of faith. When you mm. run and you do these swanton dives and things of this nature out of the ring, that if you miscage, you could hit the, the the railing, you could hit the concrete floor, and some guys have, mm. and their careers is cut short there too because the injuries, the the, the flyers. Their careers are cut short just because of the risk factors. It's the inevitability of sooner or later something's going to happen. I've always was like kind of a very fall uh, in the category of that scientific wrestler. Yeah, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't really leave my feet a whole lot. I I was actually well, Jim Cornette was really he, he was kind of like one of my mouthpiece. He had a great deal of frustration because he was actually with the WWF the exact same time I was there. And he was being with the creative team, and he, you know, there was a one, one, one occasion, especially where he comes out. I'm basically sitting there in in the cafeteria area, just kind of killing time because it was, it was interesting. I learned a lot, a lot of things about that company, in the sense that they always wanted the talent to show up somewhere between twelve and one o'clock, and mm. I kept thinking, why so early for a show that doesn't start until, you know, what? 
7, 8 o'clock at night. Why so early? But then after, after a while, I kept thinking, well, because it's a glorified babysitting job. Because there's a lot of this talent that's not real reliable about being there, being on time, or if they do show up, what kind of shape are they in when they do show up? Yeah. What are they underneath the influence of? Uh, did they lose all the gear? I mean, it was it was the point that uh, they had people there that uh, you know, like makeup people that could, if if you come in, you know, and, and you and you look rough and haggard over, well, they could color your hair, take the dust of circles out from underneath your eyes, you know, get you get you squared away to where you know they could always do everything except for so that they even had two steam steamsters so that if you your outfit was torn or if your your ring costume. You, you lost it. Oh, they could they could whip up another costume for you in, in a matter of probably a couple hours. So it was wow. it was to me it was amazing. You know they they, you know, they always had this they always had a cafeteria set up. You know, they had, uh, and you know, I'd get there so early. I always had my planner with me. I had my I had a cell phone. So to me it's like I'm, I'm working on stuff. Hmm. Wow. But, but okay, so Jim Cornet. Oh, the whole thing that leads up to it, Jim Cornette comes into the cafeteria and he walks over to me, he goes, Danny goes, he says, that creativity goes, he says, you don't, they don't have a clue as to what to do with you. He goes, you're the greatest thing ever to have the two professional wrestling. He goes, you're a wrestler. You're, 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 he goes, you're a wrestler who can wrestle. <laughs> you don't have to sit <laughs> well, there just pose and flex. It cut promos. He said you could twist anybody up at the knots. And now let's let's fast forward a few years, several years forward. Then I happen to be in Los Angeles with a couple of the business people, and I I meet Bill Goldberg mm. for the first time ever. And so we're all having lunch, and you know just kind of sharing uh, stories back and forth, just kind of getting to know each other. And, and uh, partway through lunch, he reaches over and nudges me on the shoulder. He goes. Thanks. I, I I go for what? He says, dude. He says, I was you. He said, I watched you in the Ultimate Fighting Championships. He says, you know, you raised those arms and did that crazy look in your eyes and stuff like this. He goes, I was you. <laughs> I laughed. I go, <laughs> I go. You did me better than I did myself. <laughs> 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 yeah, he just recently came back uh, for for May Run, and it was pretty successful. Yeah, you bet. You know. Yeah, very true. So, Dan, let the listeners know where they can find you now. I know that you got some some training, some MMA training going on, and uh, from from the latest reports, you're still doing a little bit of wrestling, and you still uh, have a little bit of desire to do some MMA. There were some recent reports of you wanting to do one last. Uh, uh, one well, last was, showdown uh, with King Shamrock. How true is that? Yeah, well, uh, the, 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 the Sham, I don't think we'll ever get an opportunity again. It's uh, mm-hmm. I was supposed to have a match. I was supposed to take place uh, this, this this past year, and uh, you know, I, I I had basically I had officially retired uh, from the the, the cage fight world as of uh, January 2013, and but I, I retired with, with a clause. I said, uh, you know, because I I was pushing hard my last few years there to try to get one more hurrah with the Mark Colbert, Ken Chandler, Chris Gracie. Those were the last three people I would rather wanted to do a match with. And uh, you know, Mark is off the list because uh, Mark Coleman has had uh, two artificial hip replacements. Uh, 
it's I mean health wise he's off, but you still had Hoist Gracie and you still have Ken Shamrock were that were they they did a relatively recent match, I'd say was what maybe five, six months back, something like that. It, they did a match in Bellator. And uh so to me it's like they were still a viable candidate. But yeah. you what a lot of people realize Ken had already signed an agreement to do a match with me on the Sunday, two days after his match with Hoyce Gracie. How is he going to do that? No promotion would ever allow you to, to do one match and then another two match two days later because I mean, the, the risk of, of injury, things of that nature. But, you know, like I said, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's, uh, I was looking to do one more match, but it just uh, didn't seem like it was meant to be. So yeah. I may just have to simply just ride up to the sunset, uh, knowing that uh, well, um, I mean I, I've, I've accomplished a lot in that world, and I still continue to have my own MMA promotion known as Dangerous Old MMA. If any of the listeners want to look that up, it's uh, just go to Facebook page Dangerous Old MMA. Uh, but I also run a small professional company known as POG, which stands for Price of Glory. POG. Wrestling, well, Price of Glory Wrestling. You can look up, uh, you know, get on Facebook page, Price of Glory Wrestling, and uh, you'll uh, you'll find uh, a lot of interesting, you know, just articles and and the characters that are on there because that's that's all what all the professionalism is. I I prefer more the character type of of wrestling. You know, to me, it's uh, you know, you always have always can have the flyers. You can always have tag team single matches, things of that nature. So, but I, I, I want people to be over the top of those characters because I run a very family-friendly show so that I'm, I'm not just looking for an 18-plus year of audience. I, I want to know that moms and dads who enjoy watching professionals and when they were younger, now they can bring their sons and daughters and they can all sit there together and not have to worry about, you know, costume failures and or doing uh, any... Uh, Loom gestures and things of that nature. So I, I run a very family-friendly product right here in Coldwater, Michigan. I also have uh, my own 10,000 square foot trading facility right on my property right here in Coldwater, Michigan as well. So as far as I know, I'm the only trading facility in the world that, that has, under the same roof, amateur wrestlers, professional wrestlers, and cage fighters, adult classes, kids classes. But uh, it, your, your listeners can go to Facebook page, Michigan Sports Camps. On top of that, I work with law enforcement, corrections, air marshals, border patrol, military, and as far as I know, I'm the only civilian ever to be brought on base for the world's largest private security company. So wow. I must be doing something right there, Chris. I must be doing something right. That's a pretty stacked resume there, Dan. Uh, maybe uh, Maybe one day. Soon, you're uh, hitting. You're you're about to be sixty next year, and uh, maybe you may add the uh, the oldest UFC champion of all time. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think the, I don't think the UFC will will pull me back. Pull me back in. I, I, it's a possible run for I the NBA. That that might. I think you might I draw know. some money, Dan. I, the, the the question, okay, Chris, who in the world would they ever put me up against that would even be close to my age? You think you could? How about you and Brock Lesnar? 
Oh, you mean Beast versus the Beast title? Yes, Beast versus Beast. But but see, but see, I I, I, I you know the thing is that I would want to put into place there is I want to make sure that uh, both of us have to be tested. Hmm. I take a great deal of pride in the fact that I have lived a lifetime chemical-free competitive life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think both of us will say that. And everything comes clear? Everything's clear with you? What do you say? Beast versus beast. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll, you get your people to talk to, to his people and then to get back to my people. How's that? <laughs> I, I like I'll it. Definitely entertain that, I'll definitely entertain that idea. But uh, I don't nice. think this... The you know, ironic part was, you know, even for the match with Ken, I had to go through, because because of my age, anything, realistically, anything over 30, I think it's 37 or 38 years of age, for almost every state athletic commission, Anyone over that 37, 38 years of age, you have to go through additional test because you're already over the norm. When I, when I started, I started at 37 years of age. This is when I started my cage fighting career. <laughs> so, you know, I always tell people, my first profession was professional wrestling as of the 92 Olympics. The UFC did not even exist until 1994. Well, technically... December 1993, close up to where I just always tell people since 1994. So, yeah, a lot of people think that's always a cage fighter, but uh, no, I, because they, they, they've always, because, you know, I, I went from the UFC to the WWF, and they're like, oh, well, you, you're a sell. I go, really? I go, I said, if anyone should really be mad at Dan Severn, it should be, it should be the professionals and people for selling out to go in the cage, but then all, all the other Case by people, oh, no, no, that's okay. I think, ah, so we have a little catch 22 here right now, huh? Hmm. Yeah, but, but you, but, but you train, you, 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 like all the big resume that you said, you're still very, very active. You're still, you know, you're still competing. You're still wrestling. You're just, you just wrestled, what, a couple of weeks ago? So, so, yeah. you know, you're yeah, yeah, just yeah. So I, I, I say, I, you know, almost each weekend, just, um, almost each weekend, I, I've had them to different locations. So, you know, I discovered, discovered, you know, forget about my normal mm-hmm. work week, what I do do during the course of my normal, my normal work week. But, uh, I'm, you know, this coming weekend, I'll be, uh, I'll be wrestling in the, the POG coming weekend. You know, we have our, our show that's taking place in Coldwater, Michigan. And uh, I'll be wrestling on the card there as I take on FIA. And uh, then by Sunday, that's on Saturday night, by Sunday morning, I will be uh, headed to Detroit, jumping on an airplane, heading back to Arizona just to be there for 30 days, uh, be 30 hours before I jump on my next plane, heading over to, well, well it's, uh the Virgin Islands. Ah, that's where I have a honeymoon at. That's for what now? That's where I had my honeymoon at back in 2010. Same time. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Good stuff, Dan. I really, really appreciate you uh, taking your time and being on the show tonight. And once again, just uh, just really availing yourself, just uh, you know, relatively last minute, uh, and just nope. such amazing information you've shared tonight. And I tell you what, I 
would love to see a beast versus beast showdown. I think that that has money written all over it. So, like you said, well, you get, you uh, get all your listeners to, to, to make that rally. You know, and, and yes. we'll see if we can make that happen. Hashtag for all the listeners out there. Hashtag beast versus beast. Do it now. Do it when you listen to archives. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hashtag beast versus beast. That um, is, is going to uh, that's going to go viral, and 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 I think I yeah. think Daniel White's going to going to pay attention and be interested and 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 consider. So, you know, you can thank me if you get a phone call in the next few weeks. All right, I, I will definitely do that, Chris. And, and to all the other listeners, that you, you, those who don't really know who I am, there you go to my website at danseverin.com. Whatever the www Dan Severn, Severn is spelled S-E-V-E-R-N, DanSeverin.com. And you can see uh, some of the information about what I do, but there's still a lot more information that has to go up there. I actually have a book that came out from Amazon.com, and within the first, whatever, two or three weeks, it was it went right to Amazon.com's number one best bookseller. So pretty happy about that as well. Congratulations on all you've done. All you are doing, all you're going to do, Dan, I really, really appreciate your time. Fantastic conversation, and I really appreciate it, man. Okay. You take care, Chris. You too. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan the Beast Severin, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, one of the top three, I believe, top three or four longest NWA champions in, in history, in the championship history. And I'll tell you what, I, I kid you not, I'm very, very serious about this. I want to see this. He's one of the most dangerous, one, one of the most notorious, meanest, uh, scariest people in UFC history. Uh, Brock, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, he retired, kind of, but, you know, I doubt that, uh, you know, he, he really retired. So even if Bellator picks it up, you know, some, that would be something very interesting. Uh, but I think, you know, UFC or Bellator, that will get some money. Severin's willing to do it. Uh, I think Brock Lesnar is next as far as, you know, if he's willing to do it. Of course, you know that WWE's worked with UFC before to allow Lesnar to fight. Uh, Lesnar's contract is up uh, next around next Mania. Uh, so, Hey, he might take that time and go back to UFC. He had that itch when he went against Mark Hunt. He may have it again. So it sounds like a hashtag beast versus beast showdown created here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We will spread that until we get Dan Severin versus Brock Lesnar. Evan Tech Proud, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, beast versus beast. Lesnar has to have him. The meanest mustache in the world. Good old daddy boy. Yeah. Good friends with Dan. Good friends with Dan. He's been on been on my show numerous times. This uh got to speak. Just spoke to Dan not long ago, a few weeks ago off air, so love Dan. Um it'll be good, man. I think Dan probably to take Brock. Yeah, that's what Friends I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. He's still in good shape. Still look good. Yeah. He is almost sixty years old, but still in really, really good shape and doing a lot of. Uh, uh, he he sounds so nice. He's yeah. so nice and so humble. Yeah, yeah he can kill yeah. you like within the snap, within within the blink of an right. eye. <laughs> exactly. Or break your bones. Yeah. 
Very interesting. I, I'll tell you what. I'm starting the hashtag. I'm of course, you know, this will be in the in the internet community. And this will be on the airwaves as far as uh, uh, many outlets covering it. And like uh, I, they'd like to do every week, I want to send a very uh, humbly uh, humble shout out and very grateful shout out to all the media outlets who cover my show every week. Uh, I'm really really excited about this because I'm sure I'm I'm right about it, of course. And uh, I tell you what, man, he's open to fighting Brock Lesnar and a hashtag Beast versus Beast showdown. The 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 hashtag starts tonight, and we're going to make it happen. So let's get to the headlines with the Beast versus Beast showdown. <laughs> Here we go. He continues to tease the 2020 presidential election. It all started off as a as a big joke, uh, but now he's he's. It seems like he's teasing a little bit more. It seems like it caught wind enough for him to to consider a little stronger. And interestingly enough, uh, there's some polls going around that have him winning, have him beating Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Now. I don't know if he's. I don't know what party he's choosing, but they just did some random uh, poll uh, just in case he decided to uh, go, you know, Democrat or independent. Um, uh, they they had a poll <laughs> with him and, and Trump, and he's beating Donald Trump. So uh, that's not saying a lot. Uh, I'm saying that as a conservative, that's not saying a lot though. Uh, but at the same time, right now, if this was 2020. The Rock would be the next president of the United States. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know if Dwayne, if The Rock, will really do it or not. I mean, he might be having fun, but you know, he's one of the biggest stars there is in in the world. And you know, wrestling and you know, the household name. So, you know, The Rock didn't know. So they definitely got to think of a career. I mean, he doesn't wrestle much anymore. So wrestling was like, well, at one point he was wrestling like once a year, like Christmas, and now right. he shows up whenever he wants TV or see. So it's, it's a good, it's a good talk. I think the Rock's probably just playing with people there, sticking on their fancy yeah. just to see the response he gets. But and I remember, I remember Hogan was supposed to have a present T back in like ninety eight, ninety nine. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he said, <laughs> but he he told GQ though that he was he was willing, you know, he, he was he was open to consider it basically. Um, so you know, it would it would be very interesting to see, and I would be interested to see the campaign uh, of of Brock, and you know, just to see how much wrestling he would he would put into that. So, but yeah, uh, piece I wrote on uh, recently on the Inquisitor. Uh, about uh, Jeff Jarrett. Now, I'll I'll start with this. Um, the the Jeff Jarrett uh, that I've met, uh, that I've had interactions with, uh, have you know, he's he's been very very nice to me. Um, I hear a lot of background noise uh, in the back, uh, but he's been he's been um, very nice to me. Um, and you know, I, I met him before, and uh, I've said the story before. Um, 
he, uh, he, he I'm in Ohio, and he lived in Tennessee, and he randomly stopped on the east side of Columbus to get gas uh, to promote a TNA show. And he was driving down. He was driving back to Tennessee, and he randomly stopped on the east side of Columbus, and. I so happened to be at that gas station, <laughs> and it was so it was so yeah. weird. And I saw Karen Jarrett go to the uh, go inside, you know, the the the, the store, the gas station, um, sure. and while he was pumping gas. And I saw Karen. I said, "Wait a minute, there." You know, she has a very distinguished look, a very distinct look. Right. And I looked at her. I was like, "That's Karen Jarrett," and I don't know if they're—I don't, I don't know if they're married or maybe newly married at the time. But I looked. I was like, "Okay, it's now she's right. there." Now I have to look at the car and see who's with her. It has to be Jeff. And I looked, and lo and behold, Jeff Jarrett was right there pumping gas. So I went up to him <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I'm, my name's Chris Featherstone. I'm such and such and such." And and, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of wrestling. And he said, hey, here's two free tickets to a TNA live event here in Columbus. I was doing some promotion work. I'm heading back down to Tennessee. And there you go. Free tickets. I said, oh, perfect. Oh, <laughs> Thanks yeah. a lot. Took a picture with them. And uh, we both went our merry way. Uh, there's been uh, – and I I started pick, picking up conversation back with him last year about having some people from GFW and, and just, you know, uh, him and I went back and forth with chats about just as far as what GFW is doing. And we've, we've chatted a bunch of times through email and I, and I recalled that story and this is probably, this had to be about 2009, 2010. Yeah. I'd say about Oh nine, about Oh nine, maybe even Oh eight, Oh eight, Oh nine. And, uh, yeah, it was it was very very interesting, and uh, he remembered that story. He he remembered that uh, that encounter that we had, and uh, he you know he commented on it. So I've had nothing but positive you know just conversation and and, and just you know uh, interaction with Jeff Jarrett, but I've 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 heard otherwise from many people, unfortunately, and um, you know PW Insider. Uh, recalled a time Dave Shearer from PW Insider he recalled a time where uh, he was about to uh, he was being considered to work under uh, work for TNA and Jeff Jarrett expected him to work for free for a month and he was talking about how Jeff Jarrett had that old school mentality of you know kind of people earning their keep and uh, you know working for free and then kind of earning their way to, to more money of course that's a terrible way to think uh, but you know, right, it's an old school way of thinking. That's the reason why a lot of times people uh, say negative things about him and his father Jerry because they had a way of snubbing people, and that's that's a unfortunately that's a a stigma that comes with the Jared family. So very interesting information, and uh, you know, I've heard like I said, I've heard I've heard similar things from a lot of people. Yeah, it seems with uh, with Jared and. Uh... Especially with Jared and also the Colognes in Puerto Rico, for the uh, not getting their pay and not getting paid at all in Puerto Rico. But like you said, like you, Jared's always been great to me. Um, 
one of the nicest guys in the business. He's always looked out for me and my staff. Um, and Karen has always been a sweetheart. You know, you know, I've, I've done work with Jared, uh, you know, a few years before shows, TNA shows, and other events that Jared's done. So, like I said, the nicest guy in the text, uh, you know, he says he's always on his way to make sure that we were accommodated and we were okay. So, and I'm bad to say about Jared, like you said, nicest guy, good person. And I've heard, like, you have heard of a lot of the boys, some, not a lot of boys, some of the boys mentioned what you said, Jared, which you work for free or, you know, there was a, really wasn't getting the payoffs that they uh, were supposed to get, so. Kind of hard, you know, when you get to a certain level to expect a lot of the boys to wrestle for free. Yeah, um, yeah they like you get them with regular Indy Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He just didn't intend to do him. Yeah, his was unintentional. He just didn't have the money. <laughs> so yeah. he would just like, uh, I'm Dick so did the same thing. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that, that first Global Force TV show, TV taping. Oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. I think this one's being Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's there's talks that uh, they're bound for glory, which is actually on my birthday. Not bound for glory, but slam anniversary. Um, there's talks that's, <laughs> that they, they're going to do a merge. Jeff Dove is going to kind of blend into Impact, which makes sense because right now, you know, yeah, and I've yeah. said this before, I'm not the, I'm open to watch Impact every week. You know, like I've interviewed Eli Drake, I've interviewed Laurel Van Ness, I've interviewed Abyss, I've interviewed uh, Al Snow, uh, I've interviewed um, a bunch of other names that I can't even think of right now uh, from from uh, a Moose. I've interviewed Moose, Moose before. Um, so it's, so it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Sanjay. Yep. Sanjay Dutt. Um, so, you know, there, there's, I I give it a chance because the people I'm cool with a lot of the people in TNA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so because of that, I give it a chance because a lot of people just believe that TNA is just dead weight right now. It's just damaged goods. It's just basically, clawing and scratching, you know, especially with the legal stuff going on with uh, the Hardys and just really, they just can't find a way to just clear the air completely of any type of dirt that's going on. So, and it's unfortunate, but I'm willing to give it, I mean, the, the, the weekly product is not, it's not that bad. Not it bad. really isn't. It's not, not bad. Than, yeah. I mean, better than uh, WWE lately. It, it's so, it's know. it's interesting, you know. I, the 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 star power isn't necessarily there as much. Of, but of course, you got your Lastleys, your James Storms, EC three, you know. But and but still, it's it's just something that's just hovering over the air. With yeah, impact it's wrestling. like a dark cloud. Yeah, it's a, it's a dark cloud that just kind of hovers over the company that so many people have that perception. You know, that's the reason why they're, you know, a little under 3 million, you know, excuse me, 300,000 people now, and they had up to 2 million, you know, and, and it's like that big drop is because 
the financial issues and just they've created such a dark cloud hovering over them. But the the actual product isn't 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 bad. I don't I mean I don't think bad, it's bad. Yeah. I, I watch it. You know, I watch it on a weekly yeah. basis. It's not bad. It's been better than all the past few weeks. Yeah, yeah I mean, but it's just it's just something about the, the this just the brand, you know, and just, just global force blending in with impact. I don't think it's going to make it any any better. Right now, they I have the GSW. Owl. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the owl. It, it, it is. It is the owl. Yeah, it's for the birds. It's for the owls. <laughs> but uh, just right now, they have the the global force championship, the global force tag team championship. Global Force Women's Championship, and then all of those titles in TNA as well. Well, including yeah, the, we got like twelve the, titles. Yeah, so you like have the titles. you have the Impact World Championship, you have the GFW which, uh, World Championship, or they call it the Global Championship. Uh, you have both companies' tag team titles. You have both companies' women's titles. So the women's the knockouts. And then you have the X Division title. So you have seven championships right now in GFW that, I mean, you just don't have the talent, you know, or at least you're not you're not pushing the talent good enough to work with seven different championships. Titles, right. Yeah. So a merge is inevitable. They have, they have to merge it. I mean, just having seven championships is, you know, for that type it's, of roster, uh, no good. It's something I, I, I predicted. Uh, I've, I've, I've had, you know, as you know, anybody listening live uh, knows now, I've had Jared on my show numerous times. And, you know, I predicted this a year ago. I already said, you know, being at a, going to a global floor show and doing some press work there myself. And I said that, then I was like, Jared is waiting so he can merge global force in TNA. Mm-hmm. It was the inevitable. And, and now, now it's happening. You have the bird, and it's it, it's kind of it, it, it's they were they impact is for TNA. It's like they were still part of TNA. Is when when you hear so so much negativity and you hear so much down and so much drought drought about a company. And then even when it tries to be well and it tries so hard to try to go past it, that's just all you know. And psychologically, people look at it like, well, they're not doing this right. And it's kind of like, well, it's going to take a while for them to kind of get out their stain and get their stain off. It's left in their brand and their image of, of, of the bad wrestling and of the bad angles. Yeah. Not to say that the other wrestling out here that it's going to know this ain't better. But they don't have the history or shares in the Soviet system like Impact has of bad things. Mm-hmm. So I just think, you know, it took a good, good, good amount of years to to that stitch the media in the air of Impact. And sadly, you know, if if you can still turn and last and survive, and they take just as many long, just as many years, if not a little longer, to kind of get this sent away. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be, you know, a clean slate. So that's how I look at it. Like the impact really isn't that bad. Uh, 
we we all have friends that work for Impact and, and Global Force that we've had on our shows and that we need to talk off air. So we hope all it goes well. I mean, I, I enjoy Impact for what it is. Uh, the ring looks kind of small, like the wrestling, like the wrestling toy ring. But yeah. you you gotta give him credit. You gotta give gotta gotta give him credit for doing some things right. Yeah, and of course, really you know, trying. WWE needs that competition. I mean, no matter what anybody yeah. says about Impact Wrestling, they need the competition just for you know, for uh, WWE is being heavily criticized by hardcore fans, and for them to be the you know, exclusive major television show would just be terrible. I certainly don't want impact or I don't want them to go under, but there's just, they just have to get rid of that dark cloud. They, they just have to. Right, let's get to the Raw and SmackDown uh, review. Uh, so with, with Raw was in Greenville, South Carolina. I'll just fly through the results here. Miss TV Sheamus and Cesaro interrupted by Dean Ambrose, then the Hardy Boys. Hardys and Dean Ambrose defeats Sheamus, Cesaro, and Miz. Elias Sampson defeats Zach Evans. Small Joe defeats Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. Rich Swan defeats Noam Dar. Titus O'Neil defeats Kalisto. The Bailey, this is your life. Yikes. Oh, yeah, Aries and Gallagher uh, defeated Neville and TJP. I believe it was TJP that uh yes, it was yeah. TJ, yeah, it was TJP. Yeah, TJP. Uh, and then and then Roman Reigns defeats uh Seth Rollins. That was a fantastic match. Um yeah, SmackDown, you got Kevin Owens highlight reel, guest Shinsuke Nakamura, then uh Baron Corbin comes out, and Sami Zayn comes out and makes a save because uh Nakamura's getting jumped. Nakamura and Zayn defeats Owens and Corbin. Uh Owens have uh, been pinned twice by Nakamura, so they're setting up a match between him and Owens next week. Uh, Uso's in-ring promo interrupted by the New Day makes their official SmackDown debut. Charlotte and Natalia uh, versus uh, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Natalia, Becky Lynch, Carmella, and Tamina all fight before yeah. the match starts. Okay. No contest. Okay. Shane McMahon comes out and announces the first ever Women's Money in the Bank match. Money uh, in the bank. <laughs> uh defeats the Colognes. They had a big segment backstage beforehand. It was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Clues. Orton comes back. Uh, he got some type of promo about generations, uh, about uh, what his uh, dad and granddad would do. He remember he was third generation. Yeah. So it was so his his granddad was a part of a silent generation. He would just go and beat people's butts instead of talk about it. And he said, "That's what I'm going to do." But he kept talking, which was odd. Uh, so and then Jenner McHall comes out. You know he well he well he appears on the Titan Tron. Him and the Singh brothers. He cuts a promo and ends with the just a weird overselling mean face again. Uh, and then Ziggler uh, defeats AJ Styles, uh, which was the main event. So yeah. they're giving they're giving Ziggler some steam to make him look like a relevant yeah. contender for the Money in the Bank. And they kept showing video packages of the 2012. They kept referencing the 2012 win. So it seems like they're really trying to – they're not making Ziggler like the main event guy again, but they're making him kind of like a, a very – 
important placeholder, kind of like what they did last year when he went against uh, Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship. Um, just that placeholder spot. So, what are your thoughts on Raw and SmackDown? Dallas Raw, Raw was so overshadowed. Like I said, the, the dark cloud. In 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 my show, we talked about the worst segments in ever. That this is your life with Bailey. Oh, okay. So bad. You retweeting. My eyes was itching. My eyes was burning. I lost my voice. I can't show my toenails or my fingernails. It was so horrible. And now, as bad as that segment is, this is horrible. The crowd, the crowd was in that game either for the whole, for all of all. And the crowd yeah. was not, the crowd was bad, guys. And it, it wasn't all that good. And, and, and I mean, for me, overall, I didn't think, um, and I'm going to review uh, Stone or not. Well, I'm not going to mention other, other people's shows on here. Some people's shows say uh, they thought this world was dead. I thought this world, compared to the past few weeks, had a lot of, Shining points to it, just got overshadowed by the horrible segment. Gold Dust and R True segment I thought was really well done, which I thought was funny. Um, the triple threat match with uh, Joel Wide and um, Val Valor. I thought was well mm-hmm. done. Uh, I yeah. thought that was well done. Um, I thought uh, the, the promo was between Joe and Wide was cool. I wonder where Wide is actually at when he does his promos. Joe looks exactly the same as he's been the past 15 years. Same towel, same boots, same trunks, same beard, same haircut. Uh, the main event was was incredible between Reigns and, and uh, Rollins. Uh, and like I said, I'm not the biggest Reigns fan, but uh, they get it done. Uh, it's funny how they both do the same exact taunt when they come out to the ring. <laughs> and the shout out to <laughs> Seth Rollins doing, doing his, same, his new taunt, his little pain claw thing. Inspect the gadget. Well, whatever that was, you call it little hands. I don't know what that is. But uh, overall, Raw had a lot of, lot of, lot of bright spots. That segment was just horrible. Titus O'Neil beating the cruiserweight holding his tights. The black ball, yeah. two black men, they're ball headed with this going on together. That makes no sense. So um, overall, because Raw just that segment, there's nothing you could have done. That that should have reached the segment was just so bad. And SmackDown, yeah. I, I thought, I thought, I thought SmackDown was a little lesser than Raw. It did for like three hours. You know, SmackDown was on the two. Uh, so uh, the fashion police are starting to become my favorites right now. Um, and all of them, they'll be the hilarious new days back. Get the Yahoo okay. Uh, still don't know what the Usos are. I guess they're thugs. Love Ziggler and AJ Styles, which is a dream match. Twelve days. Twelve days. That was was funny. Um, It's funny. You look at AJ AJ Styles and Ziggler, dream match people talked about for years. And I was just thinking, wow, if this match was on impact, I wonder how people (laughs) were actually perceived it. Right. And I thought the match was in. The the ending was pretty abrupt. It did catch me off guard with... Ziggler winning with the super kick in that position, but it was well done. I, I think the crowd was caught off guard. See that Ziggler beat him fair and square. Yeah. I, originally, I thought AJ had his foot on the ropes, but um, yeah, we give it to AJ. Uh, uh, it was a good match, and Ziggler needed to win. 
Uh, and, and like you said, of course, they're setting up with Owens against Nakamura next week. It's pretty sure Owens will win to kind of get his feet back. But mm-hmm. uh, overall, like you said, it wasn't a bad week, just that segment. Gosh. Yeah. That segment. Yeah, it was, that was terrible. Yeah. But shout I out agree. to Neville's weird ears. Yeah. Shout out to Neville's weird, weird elf ears. His ears are so, they look so weird. Yeah, he's even, he's, he's even met, he, he, uh, he's mentioned that uh, the ride along. I think he had a ride along with Sami Zayn, and he was talking about his ears, which was very funny. Uh, Neville, when he the, the whole ride along thing was, uh, he was hilarious. He he was really really funny. There's a couple other videos I've seen him in that he was just hilarious. Uh, so yeah. it seems like he's one of those people. Yeah, I've heard he was hilarious. I've heard that. Uh, Lou Gallows is one of the funniest people backstage. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I met him. I've talked to him before in the, in the Global Force days. Great guy, uh-huh. very yeah. funny guy, big general giant, very, very, very humorous. Yeah, yeah. I've communicated with him through email before, so yeah, he was a very nice guy. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as we're all just very similar sentiments, you know, like you, uh, just as far as. Uh, that this is your life was just so bad <laughs> that it was I mean there really hasn't been a really good this is your life since since rock I mean because they tried to do it with Cena and it, it, it flopped so I mean oh, it, it, it wasn't good I mean they, they 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 it's one of those things that you really can't recreate it was so good when they did it with the rock but it's because that rock and sock connection it was it was a story behind it, it was a lot of build Toward that, this is your life, with the whole rock and sock connection. But you can't just keep having those things and expecting them to to succeed. And as we saw right. in Raw, it just it just didn't. Um, but you know, solid Raw. I, I'm just waiting for the broken mat because he just he this limbo mat is just no good to me. Um, I, I like the Hardys. I like the nostalgia act. I understand whether. There's still money to be made with the nostalgia Hardys right now, so so they're just kind of, you know, sucking them dry as far as dollars are concerned, and they're a business, so I mean, that's kind of what they need to do. Um, so when this broken, when the broken Matt comes, when the broken Hardys think it'll be, and I also understand the reason why they're doing it because they can't, you know, you got you have what. Uh, a sixth of <laughs> of people watching uh, TNA than you know compared to WWE. So you know one sixth of, <laughs> of of the people watching is a very right. small <laughs> fraction. So <laughs> so that's right, uh, right, right, right. not very good. And so you can't imagine that uh, you know uh, the the other you know five sixth of uh, <laughs> of your crowd knows anything about the Broken Hardies, but I mean, I know a lot of people know what the both the Broken Hardys, but you know, three million people to three hundred, you know, compared to three hundred thousand people, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just not, yeah, I mean, you can, you can't do it. <laughs> you can't you you can't you I can't agree. explain. Yeah, you can't you can't expect you know that that amount of people to watch you know to to watch the raw. So, uh, so it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense that uh, that they're doing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, um, or you know, a, a tenth is what I meant to say. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, for uh, for a tenth 
you know, of of you know, ten percent of of people watch Impact compared to Raw, and that's that's not yeah, that's, that's pretty sad. <laughs> so and, and, and even they're saying that WWE's ratings are so bad right now, and this keeps is on like an all time low, and he's still yeah. And and still, only ten percent of people watch Impact, you know, and so you can't you can't automatically assume that people are going to know about the Broken Hardys when, you know, ninety percent of uh, people who watch wrestling don't watch Impact. So, uh, <laughs> so that's that we can't ex- we can't expect that. So that makes sense. I hope that they do it right though, because you know the Hardys had so much creative control when they did the Broken character, so. I really hope that they get that right. As far as SmackDown is concerned, well, real quick, Reigns and Rollins was fantastic. I've been a Reigns advocate and apologist for quite some time now, and stuff like this just furthers my case of why Roman Reigns is just at the point now where people just want to boo him to get themselves over. I mean, there's just, I mean, yeah. he's there's so many positive qualities about Roman Reigns. He's a he's a new yeah, I mean, and I think that he, I think that he has the ability to supersede Cena, because Cena, you know, the hustle, loyalty, respect, the colorful gear, stuff Full like that. Stuff. Yeah, but there's there's not a there with Cena to me there was a there was a lost sense of relatability, you know, to him. With, with Roman Reigns though. You have like a Samoan bad boy. You have like a rugged look still, and you know there's there's just something about him that's just more catchy, you know, to me. Uh, you know, Johnson wore jean shorts and tennis shoes for 15 years, so you know it's <laughs> well at least yeah, he was what, a marine, well, and he was he was in the chain gang, and he was a marine, yeah. and then he was a thug and, and he wore the black he wore the black shorts the black chain gang you know kind of wrestling shorts for a while before he went to the the the, the jorts um and he's been stuck with those jorts for a while. I mean, he wore he, he wears khaki pants too every now and then uh well khaki yeah khaki shorts he wore jeans but he used to wear the cuff jeans too yeah that the the ergonomics I remember he was. Which I, I guess. think he was going against like. Uh, uh, it might have been Daniel Bryan, but he was going against someone. He wore like Hogan yellow uh, shoes and just like yeah. canary yellow yeah, pants. Oh my goodness, yeah. it was terrible. Like just the canary yellow. Same haircut. <laughs> Same haircut. Yeah, no facial hair. I remember when he first came out. I remember the dun 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 dun. dun, dun the, the music that he had. So pastel colors, pastel colors, And he and he, there was like an interview that he said that he had like dozens of pair of those shorts and like yeah. dozens pair of matching boots. You know that's how serious he was about his wardrobe. But I mean, more power to him. You know, his passion was in the business. All right, yeah. real quick. Yeah. Uh, as far as SmackDown is concerned, I thought it was solid. Um, I'm interested in the Nakamura Owens feud, but I think just putting her on regular SmackDown without a title involved and just I, I'm kind of leery about that about that booking decision. Um, good to see the New Day, New Day back. Um, they were over, of course. They were in uh, um, Xavier Woods' hometown, so that worked. You know, that was a, a smart thing to do. Um, 
but you know, and, and Brizongo's is fun, very fun. I think the way that they built up the woman's money in the bank was good. Uh, Orton promo was yeah. just blah. And uh, yeah. I'm glad that they gave Ziggler the win because it makes Ziggler. Yeah. I mean, it didn't hurt Styles. It didn't hurt him. I think he's way over enough. Um, it 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 by Ziggler beating Styles, it had a lot more leverage. It had a lot more impact than style if Styles would have beat Ziggler. So this has been another win by Styles and another loss by Ziggler. But since Ziggler won, it was a bit of a shock factor. So I think that's what Ziggler needs. Although he won't win the money, money in the bank, but that's what he needs to you know, kind of draw some credibility. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, let's get to the flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. We are going to grade every single Extreme Rules main event from 2009 and 2016 in eight total. So let's go with the first one. 2009 for the World Heavyweight Championship, Edge versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. You know, my grade falls like school grades, uh, a, a, a through D. Yeah, A through F. A through F, oh. <laughs> uh, I give it a B. I remember this, uh, I actually uh, forgot about this was the main event. Uh, oh, no, I thought it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. As it was in his prom, um, Hardy was, was, was getting this place pre-TNA, um, you know, pre-Victory Road in 2011. But uh, that's oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think that um, it was pretty good too. I, I was, I was a. Uh, it was a very solid uh, match. I give it, yeah, I give it a. I give it a B plus because it was interesting that Punk cashed in uh, on on Hardy. So uh, I thought about. I, I give it a B plus. Um, it was in your home, neck of the woods, in 2010, uh, Baltimore. John Cena versus Batista in the last man standing match. Yeah, I think it was this that um, sadly I don't remember much about this match. I I, I give it a C plus. Um, <laughs> no T T big T big names. Uh, is uh, you can't really do much here, Marlon. Uh, really can't. That flight commission is pretty strict, but. This is what I've seen in the season, and the match was decent. I, I gave about a C plus B minus. It, it wasn't a wasn't a bad match. It just was, it was a decent match. It was it was, it was okay. Yeah, I think it was solid too. I give it a straight B. Um, Cena Cena won, I believe. Cena won, uh, and uh, it was like almost a twenty five minute match. So yeah, it was, it was really good. Like half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Lengthy, yeah. So I, I think it was for that for that particular th- reason. I, I give it about a B because it was a it was a pretty pretty good. It was a pretty solid match. Uh, 2011, John Cena won the uh, WWE Championship a triple threat steel cage match. John Cena and they they threw in John Morrison in there. I think that was a very uh, pretty good ad- uh, addition to the match. What do you give it? Uh, the match gets a B because of Morrison. Amazing to see that does not have good chemistry at no. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> cage matches really don't tend to go over well. 
um, at times. So, because our buddy, and I'm going to say this because we're all, we're both buddies with Morrison. Uh, Morrison added it, gave it like a new new flavor. So, yeah. because of Morrison, this is me. Much needed, yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah. Yeah, I'd say B, and that's a very nice B <laughs> because uh, I remember this match. It was decent. It, it wasn't anything to, to really, you know, laud about, but uh, it was a decent match. You know, Miz uh, beat Cena at Mania, but uh, this is where yeah. he lost the title. So, uh, of course, 2012. The Extreme Rules match. Lesnar comes back after Mania and loses to Cena. Beats up Cena throughout the entire match and loses to a a chain shot. E. That was e. really, yeah. yeah. You said D is in David? D? Yeah, D is in David. He's in King David. Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, I would be a little nervous here. I'll give it a C- minus because uh, just, just the, the thought of of, it was it was terrible. I mean, just the the beating that Cena got, yeah. and then just the 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 chain shot, and then he he didn't even sell uh, Lesnar's yeah. beating, and I think he like cut a promo like right afterwards, like uh, off the air or, or some odd. That he didn't even sell it. It was it was just terrible. It was really terrible. Yeah, um, remember that's when Lesnar almost killed himself again. When he botched him over the top rope, almost landed on his head. Yeah, yeah. He got up was, laughing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad news. That was, that was funny. Um, Lesnar beat Triple H the next year in a steel cage match. I mean, that was a B F. plus. That was a pretty solid match. Um, F. It was. You gave that match an F. <laughs> wow. I'm being I'm being a troll now. That's not an F. I give it a C. Yeah, we saw the Russell each other at, at Mania. It's funny to yeah. see the theme Brock. It's the Brock's rematch. It was Mania opponent at Extreme Rule. And that match was a C. Yeah, it, it was an F. I mean, Triple H is solid. Um, Brock is solid. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought the match was thought the match was decent. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I think it was a uh, think it was pretty pretty decent match. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kane in Extreme Rules match. Um, Daniel Bryan won a solid match. It was a little lengthy, a little uh, like over over twenty minutes, but it's just you know uh, there was no chance in the world that Kane would win world heavyweight championship. Yeah, I agree. Uh, You said C plus. uh, C plus. Yeah, C plus. Yeah, that's what I would have. That's what I gave it to, just because it was a good match, but it just the the Kim just it, it just wasn't a really good build to me. I mean, Kane was just really just thrown in there. For no reason, and just the, the the angle was just odd. It was filler. It was just really odd because it, it was right after Daniel Bryan won at thirty. It was trying to figure something out with him to, to, to just throw some somebody at him, and he threw Kane at him. It was it was terrible. Uh, Rollins and Orton uh, at fifteen, uh, the two thousand fifteen uh, in the steel cage match. Playing C. That's just yeah. passing. Yeah, they do not have good. Besides Mania, they do not have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. They just do yeah. not mesh well. And Orton is a Orton can be a great worker, and and Rollins is a good worker. They just do not mesh well. Besides yeah. that Mania match, that Mania That's match is good. Yeah, yeah, it's I give it a. Mm, yeah, I'd say. 
a, uh, I'd say a C plus. Yeah, I'd say it was a C plus because, like I said, the, the, like you said too, the chemistry just wasn't very good. And then lastly, Reigns and Styles last year Extreme Rules match for the World Heavyweight Championship. B plus. I, I give it an A, a man. I give it an A. The only reason why. Fantastic match. The, the only reason why. Uh, yeah, the only reason why I don't give it an A yet is because Reigns was. If, if, it, if, it, if, it was, if it was Reigns now against AJ, then I would give it an A. I give it a B plus because we already know what AJ can do. Reigns was just getting to that A plus level where he was. You know, he wasn't the big dog yet. He was like the medium dog. He was. I mean, like it, it, it could it could go either way. Like, the match is very well done. Yeah, uh, just like uh, uh, you know, it, you know, kind of thing of I'll be fair. I, I give it an A minus because mm-hmm. people forget the the real good match he uh, Reigns had with Daniel Bryan. If you remember that. Oh um, yeah, that was that. Uh, so yeah, you gotta uh, get fast lanes. Yeah, so you kind of think of that. That's the best extreme rules pay per view match you're gonna see. Uh, Styles mm-hmm. is great. Uh, you can hate on Reigns all you want. Reigns can work. Definitely. When and and, and we kind of think of it, Reigns has chem- pretty good chemistry with everybody he works with. Yeah. So even show really, really doesn't. Yeah, even show. Yeah. Um, and give it to uh Brock. Brock and Show had great matches, and, and Reigns and Show. So um, Reigns can has good chemistry with everybody. I can't remember Reigns really have any. Bad match with anyone. Yeah. Uh, I guess, Him and I guess Orton we'll at SummerSlam a few years back wasn't the best, but it was just uh, Reigns was still yeah. real green. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's 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 just leaps and bounds better than he used to be. All right, well, cool. Let's get to Extreme Rules predictions. Only six matches for this show. Um, <clears throat> got about a couple minutes left. Uh, let's get to Rich Swan and Sasha Banks against Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. Uh, condiments match. It's in my hometown. We'll be getting nachos. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks will win. Yeah, of course. But then again, Rich Swan is from here, so WWE don't like that. Yeah, that hometown curse. Yeah, hometown curse. Yeah. Uh, Neville and Ari mission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Neville's ears. I got Neville winning this one. You ain't got nothing else about it to do. Stretch this out to SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aries. Hardy's and uh, Cesaro for the steel cage match. Uh, I, I, I got Phil and Cesaro on uh, Sheamus. They I give, so they, uh, have, have a win to give the Hardys a reason to become broken. Yep, yep, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Kendo stick on the pole match. How stupid is this? But oh Alexa gosh. Bliss and Bailey. Oh gosh, uh, I, I don't know. I know we really don't care. Uh, give it to Bailey only because she wants to get some revenge because of the segment. Yeah, I say Bailey. I think they'll bring in like Jax uh, to be that dominant heel. Ambrose and the Miz for the IC Championship. Yeah, Ambrose is disqualified. He lose. To say it again for the first time. Uh, the Miz. We the Miz needs that. The Miz needs to they, they bring back prestige to that title because Ambrose is born. He's he's almost getting where Orton is at. Except for Ambrose yeah. is looking for prison right now. Unfortunately, yeah. But I think they'll keep it on Ambrose um, for some odd reason. Hmm. Unless they'll have Ambrose chase it. Um, yeah. they might have something. To no, do. They might have a reason. Like 
they might have Maurice like slap Miz or something like that. It'd be something crazy. They're just gonna face each other off and then we'll the next day for free. Yeah, exactly. All right, real quick, last match, uh, five way: Reigns, Fowler, Wyatt, Joe, Rollins. Who you got? Who's gonna face Brock? That's gonna be tough, man. Brock. Uh, I would like to see Joe win. You gotta see Reigns for uh for Mania. No one cares about Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, you say race and idiot. Don't want to tell you why. You, you got to give it to Joe. I think Joe against Brock will, will, will really be a tease. Uh, give it to Balor. It's, it's not believable. Balor's like, it's like us facing our six-year-old cousin. <laughs> Punk's way bigger yeah, than Finn. And Punk, yeah, yeah, Punk's way bigger than Finn. And he's like a kid against Brock at some point. So. I don't think they'll give it to Joe just because... He still has that heel factor to him. You know, you'll have two heels relatively. I know they were going to do that with Strowman, but it's, it's kind of like a irresistible force versus immovable object type of theme with Strowman and Brock. But with Joe and Brock, it's just heel versus heel. I don't think they'll do that. I think they're going to get with the Balor. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll blow off this Balor versus Brock at Great Balls of Fire, and there you go. All right, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all. Thank Dan Severin. Hey, hashtag Beats versus Beats, I'm telling you. Hashtag, oh, yeah. hashtag versus Beats. Let's get this thing spread. Let's see Dan Severin versus Brock Lesnar. Now we're really proud of that. Uh, Under the Mat Radio, check them out Tuesdays at 7, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, follow Crave Wrestling at Crave Wrestling on Facebook, fan page Crave Wrestling. Of course, like I said, on Twitter at Crave Wrestling as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say it's a girl. How about that? God is good, and uh, we're expecting our third child. She's back. Uh, yeah. So, God bless you all. Have a good night. Enjoy your week of wrestling. Signing off. Bye. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.